0: All right, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Okay, by a show of hands, for who in here is this the most wonderful time of the year? Raise your hand if this is the most wonderful time of the year. The other half of you are thinking July, beach, sunshine. I think that one of the reasons we call this the most wonderful time of the year is that it's filled with so many traditions I imagine your family, your household, has a number of traditions that you honor this time of year. And they usually start to kick off right after Thanksgiving or on Thanksgiving Day. We have the Macy's Day Parade. You gather together with friends or family. You eat. You watch football. You do whatever you do on Thanksgiving. And that begins the marathon of traditions. And in your mind, you might have a list of all of the Christmas traditions that you need to observe, right? Some of yours might include putting up Christmas lights, maybe a little bit better than the neighbors. One of our favorite traditions that we kind of kicked off this year in our household is driving around to see Christmas lights, but with a twist. We drive around to look for those lights that are just kind of awful, and if you pay attention, a lot of Christmas lights are awful. On your way home, you might see a few beautiful houses, but most people need a little bit of help. <laughs> or maybe for you, it's it's the, the certain Christmas movie. It doesn't feel like the season until you watch Uncle Eddie pull up in the RV, standing next to Clark as he lights the house. Or maybe it's a little bit more meaningful than that and it's a wonderful life. We have so many traditions. I love this season partly because of the traditions and partly because of the stories that come with them. This is a season that is rich with story. It's also a season rich with gift giving. Now by a show of hands and I'm asking you to be really honest, you don't want to lie in church. How many of you still have gifts to wrap when you get home? All right. See, look around. You're not alone. There are still some gifts to wrap. Can you remember your favorite Christmas gift that you've received? In your Yes, very clearly. <laughs> a favorite gift. I, my mind immediately goes to coming to the top of the stairs on Christmas morning when I was a child and... And seeing right at the bottom of the staircase. This little toy um, uh, woodworking table. Little toy workbench. I remember feeling as if it was so magical. There was this beautiful bow on it. And a ribbon that was tied around the, 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 the work table. A magical moment. And then there was the year that my sister and I got beanbag chairs. Remember when those were popular? That year... It was a little bit of a conundrum. I remember being a child and always wanting a white Christmas. I don't think we'll have one this year. We didn't have one that year except in our living room because my sister took her beanbag chair, put it at the bottom of the stairs, went to the top of the stairs and did this. Landed on the beanbag chair. Poof! All of those little pills went everywhere in our house. I'll never forget that Christmas. You see, sometimes the best gifts we receive or that we remember are the unexpected gifts. The gifts that, because of a story or some circumstance, come with a twist. Hands down, my favorite Christmas story that has to do with a gift is the year my father forgot to get his mother, my grandma, a Christmas gift. And every year, we would pile in the car after we'd go to Christmas Eve service and we'd drive to Cambridge, Ohio, and we would spend Christmas Eve with my grandmother and some aunts and uncles and cousins. And I remember when we piled into my mom's car, my dad behind the wheel, I'm in the back seat, and my mom leans over to my dad and says, You grabbed your mother's gift, right? And I had the perfect view of that rearview mirror and my dad's eyes. As they got really wide. He was sort of silent as he pulled down the road and he pulled into the parking lot, back into the parking lot of Messiah Lutheran Church where we had been to worship earlier. And my dad says, Lauren, get out of the car and follow me. My mom thinks, well, he must have forgotten something at the church, and he's going back to look for it. My dad tells me to hold watch by the back of the sanctuary, by the doors. He says, look out for Pastor Kaufman. If he's coming, alert me. My dad makes his way to the front of the display, and he grabs a poinsettia right out of the center of it. And wouldn't you know it, from the sacristy door comes Pastor Kaufman. And he says, Rob, what are you doing? And he says, it's for my mom. And he runs out of the sa- And now my dad's like, go, Lorne, go, go. We pile into the car. He left the car running. I get into the back. I don't even have my seatbelt running. My dad hands the poinsettia to my mom. And he peels out of Messiah Lutheran Church's parking lot. And so friendly public service reminder, folks, please don't take your Christmas poinsettias till after Christmas Eve. Most poinsettias that we give or gifts that we give, well, we know that they'll eventually die when we don't water them. The toy set that I received of the workbench, it's no longer. It was probably destroyed within two years. The beanbag chair lasted 15 minutes. But tonight, in all seriousness, we, we gather to remember a gift, an unexpected gift, a gift that came in a way that defies our rational logic and understanding, and we come to celebrate and remember a gift that is lasting, that doesn't explode in the living room and need picked up. A gift that doesn't wilt and eventually die. A free gift. Did you pick up the little line in Luke's gospel, all 20 verses we read? To me this year, when I read through the Christmas story in the gospel of Luke all week long, preparing this message, there were two little words that jumped out to me and have remained with me all week. They're the words, two you. Minor detail in the story, right? We hear about Quirinius when he was governor. We hear about a census that was happening. We hear about a journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. We hear of the characters Mary and Joseph and the shepherds in the field and the angels and all of their glory swirling about. But the simple words to you are what matter most. You see, the gift of Christmas, the gift of Christ, is just that. It's a gift. And it's intended for you. And for all people. We can get so caught up in the trappings of how we expect gifts that we can miss the most special, sacred part of it. Did you notice how this gift was described? It was described as being wrapped, like all good gifts. But it wasn't wrapped how people expected it to be wrapped. It wasn't wrapped in fine purple linen. It wasn't laying in a beautiful pottery barn or restoration hardware crib that they bought at the Kenwood Mall. It was wrapped in a feeding trough with scraps of cloth. And yet this gift would grow to be the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the Lord of Life, the Alpha and the Omega, God's very self, but coming in an unexpected way. You see, I think too often in our culture and in our society, the message of Jesus has been thwarted and distorted so that most people, when they hear, they encounter the word or the message of Christianity, it comes with all of this baggage that people throughout time and generations have attached to the gift. Things like judgment and hypocrisy, things that make us feel as if it's something we would never want to receive. I'm here to tell you that the gift of Jesus is pure and unblemished, holy and beautiful. It's the gift of a God who would want to draw so close to humanity that the God of the universe, the God of the cosmos, would decide to come down and take on our flesh and make God's self vulnerable, feeble, humble needing a mother's care, needing a father's protection, the God of the universe would come as a gift that would need to be wrapped in love. You see, this gift needed wrapped in a mother's arms. It needed wrapped around by a community in Bethlehem, the relatives of Joseph. But this gift would grow through the love poured out into it from Mary and Joseph and relatives and a community that would raise the gift up. And as the gift was raised up, the gift understood its purpose, its design. Why it had come? And the gift would wrap itself. I'm mindful of that story the night before Jesus was betrayed. He's three years into ministry. He's called a motley group of people to come and follow him, to show others what true love looks like, what true hope looks like. And on the night before he was betrayed, arrested, handed over, Jesus would once again be wrapped. But this time he would wrap himself. Do you remember this story? He got up from the meal, from the table that he was sharing with his friends and he took a towel and he wrapped it around himself. He got a bowl of water and he put it at the feet of his disciples and he took once again, just like the birth story, the lowest place in society to show his disciples what God's heart for them always was. To serve, to pour out, to love, And one by one, Jesus would wash the feet of his disciples, even the feet of the one who would betray him. What was he doing? Other than showing his disciples that he wanted them to be wrapped in service, to be wrapped in love. What the world needs right now are for people of good courage, good faith, good hope to wrap the world in love. The world right now seems to be spinning out of control. The Holy Land is in holy unrest. There are conflicts raging across the world. Families are divided. We live with so much resentment, so much bitterness, so much divide. And I don't want to bring you down on Christmas Eve, but if you get outside of the lights and the twinkling and the glow and the amber, we could all name the things in this world that are not as they should be. We gather not to remember a story that happened a long time ago about God's love, but to remind ourselves that we continue to be a part of that story. You see, my prayer and my hope for each of us is that we would leave this place on Christmas Eve remembering that we are a part of the gift. We are a part of the story. Our calling is to take what was handed to us freely and to share it with all the world so that people would know that they too are wrapped in God's goodness, in God's mercy, in God's love. And if we need any further proof of why Jesus came, then we only need to look to the third time he was wrapped in burial linen. For he went to the cross as a sign and a testament that the worst thing that could ever happen to a human will not be the last thing. And on that cross, this baby that was cradled in the arms of Mary now has his arms outstretched. And what are the final words of the Christ? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And as they took his body down, and the legions of soldiers wrapped around the cross, and the women came and wrapped his body and put it in a tomb, the gift would once again be unwrapped. For the grave could not hold the gift of love. You see, there's nothing in this world that cheapens us, demeans us, divides us, fragments us, not even your own mistakes, that can stand in the way of God's resurrection, eternal promise that God's love, God's light, God's hope for the world will remain. You see, this gift is not only for us. It's a promise that Jesus, that God will always be with us. With us. God Emmanuel, God who walks with us when we feel like the world is falling apart, when we're grieving the loss of our loved one who was with us here last Christmas but isn't in the pew next to you this Christmas. The God of the universe who walks with you through life's ups and downs is the same God that wants to give you Christmas hope once again. So people of God, people of good courage, this Christmas, as you unwrap gifts, as you crumple up paper and you put it into that big black garbage bag so it doesn't litter your living room floor, My prayer is that your heart would be wrapped in God's love and that that wrapping would be so beautiful, so pure, so full of light that you couldn't help but share that promise with somebody in need. They're all around. It might be the person that you're sitting next to it might be the neighbor down the street. It might be the coworker. It might be the stranger that you pass. But every person deserves to know that this gift is for them and that God's love, God's love never fails. Merry Christmas. Amen.